Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Good evening. Your host Yusuf Fisher, this side of the microphone with you until 12 o'clock, inshallah. I invite you to join me on a caravan into the night. Assalamualaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. Een hartelijke goede avond weer eens van die gast hier in vriend Jesse Fischer. Ik kan van de microfoon samen van nou af tot om en bij 12 uur vanavond, inshallah. Het is een lieflijke woensdagavond. Hoop en verderom waarin luister dat die zelfde dagen is. En dat je nou lekker gaan terug zit. Samen met mij, keier, met die karavaan en die avond... FM stereo in the Greater Metropolitan Area, 95.8 FM in the Boerland. And before I go into my first program for this evening, I would like to wish each and every one of our listeners Muharram Mubarak. May this new year be the best year ever for each and every one. And inshallah, may Allah makbul all the du'as and grant all the wishes of each and every one of us, inshallah. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala share the love, the mahabba amongst us that it will be lasting forevermore. Inshallah. Amen. And that is from myself. And uh, I'm not going to do it on behalf of my guest because I'm sure he, the respected Molina, will be doing his own after this. But from my kind of, Muharram Mubarak in Mahdi Nivayar, the mooiste Nivayar, Uitwis. In that Allah sa vagin al die geluk, geir, barke, rizik, gezondheid en al ons hartse verlange en drome dat dit sa bewaarheid word. Inshallah. En dat Allah die liefde tussen ons sal nog weer en nog sterker verspreid. Inshallah. Amen. Qala Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam May yuridillahu bi khair yufaqihu fi al-deen Our beloved Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says in a hadith 
Whomever Allah grants good, Allah will give him an understanding of his deen. Towards understanding Islam, And of course, it's with respect that Maulana Muhsin Zalgonka, the Imam of the mosque in Victoria Road in Grassy Park. Maulana, Assalamu Alaikum. Wa Alaikum Salam wa Rahmatullahi Ta'ala wa Barakatuh. How are you this evening? Alhamdulillah. Mashallah. All the better for seeing you and all the better for knowing that Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala has once again availed us a brand new Islamic year. Allahu Akbar. Alhamdulillah. You know, we cannot thank the Almighty enough. Amen. But inshallah, we'll speak more about that inshallah. just after this. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. As-salatu wa salamu ala ashrafil mursaleen. Sayyidina wa nabiyyina wa habibina wa shafi'ina munana Muhammadin wa ala alihi wa ashabihi ajma'in. Once again, Bita Yusuf, to you and the honorable listeners, As-salamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi ta'ala wa barakatuh. Wa alaykum as-salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. All praise due to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the cherisher, sustainer, master of the universe. Choices, blessings, salutations upon the cream of creation, Sayyidina Alam sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Alhamdulillah, just as we were speaking prior to this, uh, I listened to that beautiful dua which Buddha Yusuf was making uh, for all the ummah, Amen. alhamdulillah, on the occasion of the brand new Islamic year, alhamdulillah. alhamdulillah. You know, uh, yes, we, we wish one another, we make dua for the best, you know, for each and every one uh, for this coming new year, inshallah. All the khair, all the barakah, mm-hmm. all the happiness, the prosperity, iman, taqwa, ukhuwa, love, mahabba, inshallah. But, you know, if we look at our new year, mm. it is unlike the new year of other nations. Okay. You know, we don't have merrymaking. Mm. We don't have, uh, like they say, a new year jewel. Jollification. Jollification okay. and a merrymaking and going on overboard. And there is wisdom behind it. No. There is a reason for it. Because Islam teaches us that with passing of time, no. time which is sacred, time which is a ni'mah which Allah had availed, time which Allah has granted us to spend, we have witnessed an entire year, and now we're standing uh, basically on the threshold of a brand new, new Islamic year, lunar year, it, it becomes imperative for us that with the passing of time, we need to make shukr. And that's when we experience the dawn of a new day, a new week, a new month, a new year. It is a time for firstly for thanking Allah. Allah. And then secondly, it's a time where we need to uh, utilize and realize that Allah has now availed us. Another year, another day, another month, another week, and utilize it in such a way that the Almighty Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala will be pleased with us, and this Shall is we? our ultimate goal no. in life. No. We want the Almighty Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala to be happy with us. Passing of time does not uh, warrant one to to become happy, and thus, you know, my Ustad always used to say, and Buddha Yusuf, I, I, I cannot but. Uh, help bringing this up mm. you know when we were studying overseas right. um, in in a place very remote you know a, a very small town like uh, set up in the mm. Darul Ulum there you ask anyone what is your age and they would not be able to really tell you the exact age right 
you know, they'll tell you maybe, okay, I was born uh, five years after World War II. Okay. <laughs> you okay. know? <laughs> right. Or they'll tell you I'm, maybe I'm about 50, 55, somewhere around there. Uh. Um, and, and no one actually you know, celebrated their birthdays. And this was really amazing, you know, for us coming from South Africa. Right. You know, uh, well, when I came there, my my birthday was the first amongst all the South Africans. Um, so what do we do? Okay, Right. So we went to the marketplace, got some uh, sweet meats, you know, and I took it to our Ustaz, hmm. the head Ustaz, the Mufti, uh, Sheikh Al-Hadith. So I took it to him. I told him to make a little dua. Yeah. Uh, I told him it's my birthday. So he says, uh, your birthday? Hmm. I said, yes, my birthday. And, you know, for us, it is a birthday, something joyful, something to be glad about. He says, uh, are you really glad that you are a year older? Hmm. And this was a turning point in the outlook towards life. Right. He tells me the downfall of man is that we tend to look at life from the one side. You know, I'm 49, next year I'm 50, mm. I'm 51. So I tend to become happy that I'm growing in, in age. Right. He says, this is a downfall of man because the dunya is not a permanent abode. Mm. He says, look at it from the other side. He says, for example, if you had to know, we do not know, but if you had to know that you are going to live till the age of 55. Right. And next year, or the year last year, was your 53rd or 54th birthday. Is it going to make you happy when are, you turn Are you going to be happy then? Yeah, I'm <laughs> are you going to be happy? Good are question, you to, eh? Yes. Are you, going to, are you going to worry? Are you going to celebrate it? Even? Are you going to celebrate? He yes. says, you're not going to celebrate. Of you're going to be not. worried. Right. You are going to be worried because right. now you are heading nearer to your qabr. Right. So the passing of time means that your time on this dunya becomes less and less hmm. and less. Hmm. And thus... It becomes a time for us to not only thank Allah for the time spent on this dunya, but also it becomes an opportune moment where we can now take audit, hmm. look at ourselves. What have I really achieved with this year that has passed by? Right. What did I really achieve? Uh, did I do in this year what the Almighty Allah want me to do with what the Almighty Allah would be happy hmm. or were there still certain uh, uh, downfall within certain parts or aspects of my life that perhaps now with this um, taking heed and, and taking an inspection hmm. like let's say you take an in, introspective yeah. Yeah, introspection yeah. yes of yourself where can I better myself hmm. So that if Allah avails me another year, so inshallah, by the end of this year, I would want to be closer to the Almighty Allah. Uh -huh. I would want greater uh, happiness coming from the Almighty Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, greater mercies that Allah would shower upon me. I want to become better, a better servant, a better abd of Allah. Uh -huh. And alhamdulillah, I think um, that would be enough for an introduction because we have a, a uh, message at hand. No. We was looking at um, the four rightly guided Khalifas. We right. spoke about Sayyidina Abu Bakr Siddiq. We spoke about Sayyidina Umar ibn Khattab. Although with the time, 
uh, we cannot really do justice to these great giants of Islam. Right. Tonight we have to deal with two of the Khalifas. Unfortunately, Unfortunately. it's going to be my last program tonight. Um, but we are going to look at the illustrious Sayyidina Uthman ibn Affan radiallahu ta'ala anhum. It is mentioned about Sayyidina Uthman ibn Affan radiallahu ta'ala anhum. And Buddha Yusuf, the, the other reason why also we speak about these great Sahaba and these illustrious Sahaba, it is from them and from their li- lifestyles and their life patterns that we can only but benefit and better ourselves. Okay. When we look at the type of uhuwa, the type of brotherhood that they had, the type of love they displayed, the type of sacrifices they made, uh, you know, the type of iman, taqwa, tawakkul in Allah, uh, the, these great qualities, if we look at it, if we can just try to even emulate right. and achieve, uh, I don't say 100%, hmm. you know, we cannot reach their statuses, but if we can achieve just a little of their great uh, qualities hmm. that they displayed, the way that they, they displayed it, the type of iman they practiced, the type of belief they had in Allah and His Rasul If we can just try and emulate it, and thus we bring up uh, incidents in the lives of these Sahaba. It is mentioned Sayyidina Uthman ibn Affan was a very, very beautiful and handsome person. He had a very, very thick beard. Hmm. It was pitch black, very thick beard. And it is mentioned in so many of the books of Sirah, the books of history with regards to Sayyidina Uthman ibn Affan radiallahu ta'ala anhu and why emphasis is made about his thick beard is that he was such a God conscious person. Whenever he used to pass by a qabr, Sayyidina Uthman would cry like a baby. He would cry like a baby. So much so that his beard would become soaked with tears. Allah. His beard would become soaked with tears. And when it was asked that, Oh, Uthman ibn Affan, Oh, Amid al-Mu'mineen, why are you crying so much? He says, when I look at the Qabr, I think of the adab of the Qabr. I think of the reckoning that we all have to go through. And yet, Sayyidina Uthman ibn Affan, one of those who have been promised Jannah to Firdaus. Promised Jannah. He married the two daughters of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, namely Sayyidina Ruqayya and Sayyidina Umm Kulthum. And thus he is known as the Nurain. Right. right. The possessor of two lights. Two lights. Allahu Akbar. The possessor of two Noors. Yeah. Sayyidina Uthman was the very first one to also perform Hijrah. He performed Hijrah with his first wife, Sayyidina Ruqayya, the daughter of the Rasul Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. But his Hijrah took place to Habsh, to Abyssinia. And then he performed a second Hijrah, and that was from Abyssinia back to Medina to Munawwara. But his first Hijrah was towards Habsh. He sacrificed for Islam, subhanAllah, you know, like we spoke about Sayyidina Abu Bakr and Sayyidina Umar. Sayyidina Uthman ibn Affan, he sacrificed so much. He was Ghani. His title is Ghani. A very rich person. He was extremely rich. He had a very flourishing business. Uh, caravans traveling up and down. He was very, very successful in in the business world. Uh, When they came into Medina, and when the Muslims came into Medina, the Muslims were facing lots of problems. The greatest problem was there was a scarcity of water. Water was very, very scarce. Hmm. 
But there was a well, a well whose water was very, very sweet, very palatable. It was basically the best water in Medina at that time. Right. But this well belonged to a Yehud. Hmm. And this Yehud had made a business out of this well. Whoever wanted water had to pay for it. Hmm. And this was his business, basically. And this well is very famous, known as Bir Ruma, the well of Ruma. Hmm. Rasulullah said to his Sahaba, uh, if any of you can buy or purchase the well, then I promise you that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will grant you a well in Jannah. Many of the Sahaba, they were not uh, in a position to go and purchase that well. Right. Many of them tried, but the Yahud did not want to sell. Hmm. Sayyidina Uthman ibn Affan radiallahu ta'ala anhu, businessman after Of course. All. Right. But oh, a very good businessman. Right, right. Okay. Uh, I'm not talking about the businessmen of today that are so shrewd then, you know. Unscrupulous. No. Ah, Prati. <laughs> uh, but he, he knew exactly what he wanted to do. Right. So he goes to this Yehud and he says to him, listen, uh, you know who I am. I'm Uthman ibn Affan. You know I'm a businessman. And I have actually come to ask you to sell the well to me. Hmm. So for two businessmen, <coughs> the Yehud was also a businessman. Right. He thought, okay, yes, figures, we can now speak uh, uh, figures. Uh. It's Uthman ibn Affan. So he says to him, listen, uh, I don't want to sell my well. Uthman ibn Affan said, okay, if you don't want to sell the well, then I've got a business proposition for you. Sell me half of the well. Okay, this, he thought this is a, a good good gesture. So he gave him a price of 12,000 dirham for half of the well. So now Uthman ibn Affan immediately pays him the 12,000 dirham and mm. tells him, okay, now how are we going to divide the well? Uh. Right. So again, Sayyidina Uthman, because he had already come with a plan. Hmm. He already came with a plan. He says to him, okay, what I suggest is that the easiest way is going to be one day the well be, will be yours, the next day it will be mine. Hmm. So every alternate day, you know, the well would belong to me or to you. Right. So when it belongs to you, you can do with it whatever you want to. You can sell your water. You can do whatever. When it belongs to me, I can do as I wish. Right. The Yehud said, okay, this is good enough. Hmm. When it came to the turn of Sayyidina Uthman ibn Affan radiallahu ta'ala anhum. His him, day. His day, yes. Right. He made the announcement. He says, whoever wishes to utilize the water of the well, you may do it. It is the turn of Uthman ibn Affan. I donate it free to the inhabitants of Medina. Allah. So people would come with their buckets. They would right. come with their containers. They would fill their water, give to the animals, drink and consume themselves. They would even collect for the next day because oh. the next day it would become the, 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 Yahudis, <laughs> the, right. right. the next day the Yahud would sit next to his well and wait for people <laughs> to come and nobody would come. Of course not. He then realized, but Uthman ibn Affan was too wise for me. <laughs> so he comes crawling back to Sayyidina Uthman and he says to him, listen, I think maybe you should buy the entire well mm. because it's no use. I'm going to keep half of it. So another price was made of a thousand. So 20,000 dirham he paid. For the well. For the well. Hmm. Sayyidina Uthman gives him that. But look at the intention. Look at hmm. the intention. Sayyidina Uthman, after having purchased the entire well, goes to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and he says, Ya Rasulullah, I heard, I heard 
that O Prophet of Allah, hmm. you made the announcement that whosoever purchases the well and donates it to the Muslims, Allah will grant that person a well in Jannah. No. Sayyidina Uthman asked, Ya Rasulullah, is that offer still valid? <laughs> the Prophet ﷺ smiled and said, yes, Uthman, it is still valid. Hmm. Sayyidina Uthman says, Ya Rasulullah, I make you witness that verily I have purchased the well and I donate the well to the Muslims of Medina to Munawwara. Allahu Akbar. Look at the intention. Look at the near. Doing things solely for the hereafter. MashaAllah. For the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We're going to keep that thought right there, Malala, and take a quick commercial break, inshallah. Live from Cape Town, this is the voice of the Cape. The voice of the Cape. The voice of the Cape. Towards Understanding Islam, the program with the respected Maulana Muhsin Zalgonka, the Imam of the Victoria Road Mosque in Grassy Park. Before I continue, just two things. Firstly, I didn't chase Maulana away, just in case I'm going to have some very unhappy listeners. Unfortunately, that was the agreement between Maulana and myself because Maulana also has some other commitments. So I'm going to try and twist Maulana's arm, but that was the agreement. And I have to also uh, be fair and say, well, that's what we agreed on. So that is that. Secondly, with our Casida requests, no more requests, Canala. We've got all the requests. I'm standing on 138. That's the number. If 139 comes in, I'm not going to entertain it because we can't take any more Casidas. All right? So you can send a message, but don't attach a Casida to it if you don't mind. So back. To Molina, just to say, Kanala, I have to respect the man's request. I didn't say Molina, Halas, was no Mukh van Molina, at Basi Suni. Molina. Alhamdulillah, Yusuf. Yes, no, Alhamdulillah. I can understand, uh, you know, this Mahabba and love and attachment that we have. Alhamdulillah. You know. It's uh, after many, many years of course uh, of trying that Buddha Yusuf actually got hold of me. Yes. But nevertheless, inshallah, we will look into it in the future. Inshallah. 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 So yes, we are speaking about Sayyidina Uthman ibn Affan radiallahu ta'ala anhum, a person and personality who displayed great love for the Prophet sallallahu Utilized his energies, utilized his time, his wealth for the purpose, for the sake of Islam. A person who had great qualities of God consciousness, hmm. taqwa. Hmm. Sayyidina Jabi radiallahu ta'ala anhu, just to show the love and muhabba that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa had. Although it was also his son-in-law. Hmm. But there was a certain type of attachment and muhabba because of the deen. And because of uh, whatever Sayyidina Uthman did for the sake of the deen. And we are going to bring up, uh, you know, I'm going to bring up one or two incidents of the type of sacrifices which he made. Mm. Uh, unbelievable, you know, uh, the type of sacrifices, um, the fervor and the love with which he made these sacrifices. And the important thing is they did it solely for the happiness of Allah. Right. It was not done uh, to show, mm. you know, or, or to display there was a definite need, yes, at times. We know in the early days of Islam, there was a great, de- a great need. Uh, the Muslims were facing persecution. The Muslims right. were being boycotted. The Muslims were not allowed to uh, openly worship. 
Mm. They were not even allowed to to perform the Umrah. You know, Sayyidina Jabir radiallahu ta'ala anhu mentions a beautiful hadith uh, narrated in Tirmidhi where Rasulullah alayhi salatu yes, wasalam yeah. was seated with a few sahaba yeah. and a janazah was brought. And a request was made to the Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasalam that, Ya Rasulullah, please perform the salatul janazah of this person. And the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasalam yes. refused. It was very strange. Yeah. The Sahaba found this very strange that how come the Prophet ﷺ is refusing to perform the Salatul Janazah? Right. And then they asked, but Ya Rasulullah, what is the reason? Hmm. And the Prophet ﷺ said, Sorry. pointing to the Mayyit, says that he hated my Uthman. Allah. He hated my Uthman and Allah hates him. Allah. Allah Akbar. He hated my Uthman and Allah hates him. And if Allah hates him, then the Nabi of Allah is not going to perform his Salatul Janazah. Look at this attachment. Look at this muhabba. The Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam used Sallallahu to say about Sayyidina Uthman that when Uthman dies, the angels will perform Salatul Janazah upon him. These are now the virtues of Sayyidina Uthman ibn Affan. In another beautiful hadith, the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam mentions that Sayyidina Uthman or Uthman ibn Affan will intercede for 70,000 people. 70,000 such people People who, who were destined or are destined for the fire of Jahannam. Yes. He will intercede for them. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, instead of putting them in Jahannam, will grant them Jannatul Firdaus just through the intercession of Sayyidina Uthman ibn Affan. Battle of Tabuk, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa gathered all his sahaba and said to them, Listen, we need lots of things. We need to prepare for this battle. What have you people got that we can utilize for this battle? Sayyidina Uthman immediately gets up and he says, Ya Rasulullah, I will give 100 camels laden with goods. Allah. Allah Akbar. And he sits down. Yeah. And the Prophet Sallallahu again, trying to encourage the, 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 the Sahaba to give yeah. and again speak to them. And again, Sayyidina Uthman gets up and he says, Ya Rasulullah, I will give 200 camels laden with goods. And he sits down. Yeah. And the Prophet yeah. again yeah. speaks to the Sahaba and encourage them to bring whatever they have for the purpose of Islam. Sayyidina Uthman gets up for the third time and he says, Ya Rasulullah, I will give 300 camels laden with goods for Allah and His Rasul. Oh, yeah. This was the type of person uh, loved. Yeah. Uh, doing things for the sake of Islam. Sayyidina Uthman ibn Affan radiallahu ta'ala anhu participated in all battles with the Prophet except one battle. He did, not, he did not participate in the battle of Badr. And there is a reason for this. The Prophet sallallahu himself told him not to join in that battle because his daughter Ruqayya, right, the wife of Sayyidina Uthman, was very, very ill. Okay. So... Although Sayyidina Uthman wanted to join the Prophet, he wanted to be there. He said, Ya Rasulullah, I want to be there to protect you. I want to be there to offer my services for the deen of Islam. The Prophet said to him, no. Hmm. Stay and look after Ruqayya. And it just happened that just thereafter she also passed on. But after the battle, we know the battle of Badr. The Sahaba won that battle, right? Allah sent Malaika to help the Muslims. After the battle, when Rasulullah yes, now sat down and the spoils of war were now being divided, the booty. Yes. 
Rasulullah took out one portion and said this is for Uthman and this never happens because if you're not on the battlefield you're not entitled to the booty course, yeah. and the Prophet says no two things Uthman will get from this battle the first is the booty because Uthman the Prophet says his body is in Medina hmm. but his soul is with us on the battlefield he wanted to be here he wanted to be here I the Prophet of Allah stopped him hmm. otherwise he would have been here so there is his haq in the booty and secondly the reward that Allah will avail the Ashab of Badr those who participated in this battle of Badr the reward which Allah will give them the same reward Allah will avail Uthman ibn Affan the same reward the, one of the greatest achievements of Sayyidina Uthman ibn Affan radiallahu ta'ala anhu was the compilation of the glorious Quran bringing it into one book hmm. this was the achievement of Sayyidina Uthman ibn Affan it started already in the time of Sayyidina Abu Bakr Siddiq where all these pieces of board and uh, hood and bark and leaves wherever ayat of the glorious Quran was written down Sayyidina Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu ta'ala anhu managed to get all these pieces of papers and pages and slates etc mm. get them all together <coughs> Sayyidina Uthman ibn Affan radiallahu ta'ala anhu well the second Khalifa Sayyidina Umar ibn Khattab did not have any time uh, to actually further that uh, publication can actually right, use that right. work of the glorious Quran because his entire era was an era of conquest right Sayyidina Umar's reign, entire reign was one of conquest. conquest. So he didn't have much time or could not put time aside to actually work on this glorious Quran. But it is Sayyidina Uthman ibn Affan. And this glorious kalam that we see today is all through the efforts of Sayyidina Uthman ibn Affan, bringing it all together, collating it, hmm. which ayah after which surah, etc., etc. This was the work of Sayyidina Uthman, Uthman ibn Affan. Ta'ala anhu. One beautiful saying of Rasulullah about Sayyidina Uthman the Prophet says that every Nabi has a friend in Jannah and my friend in Jannah is Uthman Allah. ibn Affan Imagine the Nabi of Allah, the greatest of all prophets, right. Imam al-Anbiya, Sayyidul anbiya saying this about someone, Allah Akbar. There has to be a great uh, connection, a great love. Love for the Prophet Sallallahu Sayyidina Uthman, and we'll end with this. Unfortunately, I have to go on to Sayyidina Ali radiallahu ta'ala anhu. Sayyidina Uthman had such love for the Prophet Sallallahu One day, he requested, Ya Rasulullah, I would love you must come to my home for a meal. Hmm. At first the Prophet Sallallahu said, don't worry. Uh, but then he insisted. He said, no, Ya Rasulullah, you know, it would be the best thing that could happen to me. Having the Nabi of Allah come to my home. Hmm. So the Prophet Sallallahu said, okay, I will come. Such and such a time, I will come. Sayyidina Uthman made sure that he's there to collect the Prophet from his home. And as the Rasul was walking now in the direction of Sayyidina Uthman ibn Affan, in his direction of his house, Sayyidina Uthman was walking behind the Prophet. 
And he was counting every step that the Prophet was taking. And those Sahaba that were now around, Medina was not like today, it was Mm. very small. People, you know, they would know what is happening. And the Sahaba knew exactly because it was a sunnah of the Rasul. Whenever somebody invited the Prophet, the Rasulullah would take all his Sahaba with. Right. Right, come. Was Khan Amal. Was Khan invited. Was Amal Khan invited. Sayyidina Jabir also had this. uh, We are speaking about Sayyidina Jabir also. He had this. Dilemma, if I can put it, Rasulullah mm-hmm. was invited by him, and Rasulullah came to his house with 300 Sahaba. Sayyidina Jabri said, Allah, Akbar. I invited the Prophet, no. and now the Prophet comes with 300 of his Sahaba. Uh, he's worried, he's yeah. worried because he did not cook for 300 people, and the Prophet could see on his face the worry. Jabir, Jabir is worried. Yeah. So the Prophet says, what have you prepared? Hmm. And he takes the Rasul وسلم, inside and says, Ya Rasulullah, see this little pot. <laughs> the Prophet والسلام, takes a little of his Mubarak saliva hmm. and throws it into the pot. Allah. And says to Jabir, that, oh Jabir, let the Sahaba come in. Hmm. Let them come in 10 at a time and feed them and they can leave, the others can come. Hmm. 300 of them ate. The Prophet ﷺ did not eat. Right. So it was the Prophet and Sayyidina Jabir that hadn't eaten. 300 of them ate and left. And then the Prophet sat oh, with Sayyidina Jabir. Yeah. And now the Prophet was feeding Jabir to teach him a lesson. Yeah. To tell him, oh Jabir, you were worried. Yeah. You were worried. So Jabir was eating. He finished eat, and the Prophet dished out for him more. Yeah. And he was eating. The Prophet said to him, Jabir, eat. And he's eating, and the Prophet dishes out more and uh-huh. says to him, Oh, Jabir, eat. Uh-huh. Sayyidina Jabir said, Ya Rasulullah, I cannot eat. Can can no fall. <laughs> can the Prophet says, Oh, Jabir, eat. Uh-huh. He says, Ya Rasulullah, I have had enough. He says, Do you not trust the Nabi of Allah? Oh, Jabir, uh-huh. open the pot. Sayyidina Jabir says, I swear by Allah, when I opened the pot, there was the same amount of food in there before we had dished Allah. up for anyone. This was the barakah. Right. Just through that Mubarak saliva of the Rasul <laughs> If we have to do it, our wives won't even e- eat that mm, food. Nobody. Nobody's going to eat that. Mm. But this is the miracle of the Rasul <laughs> <laughs> So, Sayyidina Uthman ibn Affan was counting the footsteps of the Prophet <laughs> till the Rasul <laughs> came to his home. Mm. It was asked that oh, Uthman ibn Affan, why are you counting the footsteps of the Rasul? He says, <laughs> I am so happy today. So happy hmm. that my Rasul is coming to my house. So I made an intention yeah. and I made a such a near. I said to myself that I'm going to count every footstep of the Nabi in the direction of my home. And in exchange for every footstep, I will set one slave free. Allah. One slave I will set free for every in footstep. the path of Allah for yes, every Allah. footstep. That the Prophet ﷺ is taking to my home. Allahu Akbar. Look at this love. Yes, look at this muhabbah. Allahu Akbar. You know, if we look at these great personalities. No. Subhanallah. Mashallah. You know, uh, we can only make dua Allah avail us love for these great um, personalities. Um, inshallah. We're going to take a quick break. Then we'll be back after this. The Voice of the Cape. 91.3 FM Stereo. 
towards understanding Islam with respect to Maulana Muhsin Zalgonke, as I said, the Imam of Victoria Note Mosque in Grassy Park. And uh, the last, not the last, but uh, almost the last part of the series with respect to Maulana. And indeed, let me rather not say anything more. Maulana, the father. Shukran, Mr. Yusuf. Alhamdulillah, yes, we were speaking about Sayyidina Uthman ibn Affan radiallahu ta'ala anhu and with a few minutes uh, remaining, I would like to speak about Sayyidina Ali, karamallahu ta'ala wajul kareem, Sayyidina Ali radiallahu ta'ala anhu, the fourth khalifa of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, because the series uh, dealt with the four khulafa of the Prophet alayhi salatu wa salam. Inshallah, in, uh, in future programs, you can always look at extending it to the other sahaba, illustri- oh, sahaba as oh, well. Yeah. Because it is important, the Prophet ﷺ has mentioned that they are stars, no, you know, no. and if you follow them, emulate them, the Prophet ﷺ says exactly. you would be on the right path. No. I just want to, Maaf for interrupting, just want to bring the listeners' attention to the fact that Maulana just said in future programs, which actually meant that Maulana will be back after a certain time, because Maulana just committed for a period, after that, Maulana will be back. Inshallah, inshallah. Amin. You know, we, we, we can plan, but Allah is the best of planners. Of course, of course. Sayyidina Ali radiallahu ta'ala anhu, the cousin of the Prophet, and also the son-in-law of Rasulullah sallallahu Very fortunate hmm. person and personality. Sayyidina Ali, actually, his birth was a very miraculous one. How so, Malra? How so is that when his mother was nine months hmm. old, right. uh, nine months yeah, pregnant, pregnant, basically, no. yeah. Uh, she was at the Kaaba that time. And then she went into labor pains. Right. So the best place, the shade, uh, or a, a secluded place, was the Kaaba itself. Allah. So her father took her inside the Kaaba. Right. And in the Kaaba, she actually gave birth to Sayyidina Ali. Allah. Can you imagine it? Sayyidina Ali was born in the Kaaba, inside the glorious Kaaba. And he stayed there for three days. Hmm. Sayyidina Ali was born and he never opened his eyes. When the Prophet Sallallahu came to now see his cousin that was now newly born, hmm. Sayyidina Ali opened his eyes, the baby opened his eyes, and the first person and the first face that he saw was the Mubarak face Allah. of the Rasul. So the first sight? The first sight. Allah Akbar. When he opened his eyes for the yes. very first time, right. he looked into the face of the beloved Rasul, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Sayyidina Ali radiallahu ta'ala anhu, and I'm going to jump here because I see time is moving on. He was elected as the fourth Khalifa of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Up till that time, Medina remained the capital of the Islamic world. But mm. Sayyidina Ali transferred it to Kufa in Iraq. There were reasons why he did this, transferring the, uh, you know, the capital of, of basically of Islam, transferring it to Kufa in Iraq. He had uh, the authority to do it because he was a middle mu'minin. No. Right. But his reign was a very, very difficult one. A very difficult one. Why is that? He had lots of problems. Lots of problems hmm. whilst he was a middle mu'mineen. Firstly, there was a call 
Uh, and this call was headed by one of the great Sahaba of the Rasul mm-hmm. Sayyidina Muawiyah radiallahu ta'ala anhu was the governor of Syria at that time. Mm. They wanted Sayyidina Ali to bring the assassins of Sayyidina Uthman to book. So Sayyidina Uthman was, was assassinated. Yes, he was assassinated. Right. And they wanted now that the new Amir al-Mu'mineen Ali ibn Abi Talib, he must bring justice and, and uh, bring those that were responsible to book. Hmm. Sayyidina Ali did not want to interfere. He felt that this matter should be left to the Almighty Allah and Allah the All-Knowing will serve justice. Hmm. Uh, he was afraid as well, Buddha Yusuf, that he might, uh, uh, you know, mention a name or accuse somebody hmm. Hmm of uh, conspiring or being part and parcel of this assassin- assassination and they might just be innocent innocent right. so he did not want to go this ro- road so there was this opposition then there was one group who did not want him to be khalifa and then there was another group the kharijis who openly challenged him in the year 659 in the christian era and a massive battle took place and sadly, 40,000 Muslims lost their lives, lives in this battle. Sayyidina Ali enjoys a great status. The Prophet ﷺ, Mishkat, speaks about it in, in the Hadith book of Mishkat. The Prophet ﷺ says that a munafiq will never love Ali. And a believer, a mu'min, will never hate him. Oh. Sincerity stood out as one of the great uh, qualities of Sayyidina Ali radiallahu ta'ala. He was very sincere. Whatever he did, he did it solely for the love, for the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So much so that on, on the one battlefield, Sayyidina Ali was fighting this uh, enemy. Hmm. And he had the opportunity got the enemy onto the ground, sat on the chest of the enemy, and he was about to kill him mm. on a battlefield. And then the enemy spat in his face. And it was seen that Sayyidina Ali gets up and he walks away. Mm. It was asked that, O oh, Amir al-Mu'mineen, O oh, Ali, why did you do what you did on that battlefield? You had the opportunity, you could have killed that person. Why did you leave, get up and leave that person? Sayyidina Ali says, I have come on this battlefield solely because of Allah. If I had to kill anyone, I would have done it solely for the pleasure of Allah. When I was sitting on his chest, I wanted to kill him. But when he spat in my face, there was a voice coming from inside. My heart was telling me, my nafs was telling me that, Oh Ali, perfect time for revenge mm. he spat in your face kill him kill him he says i then realized if i'm going to kill him it's not going to be for the pleasure of allah, allah. it's going to be for the pleasure of my nafs allah. so it won't be sincere it's not going to be sincere allah. Huh? and i don't want that nafs to come in between me and my creator allah subhanahu wa ta'ala if i do things you know and this is so important sincerity mm. You know, we all claim, we all claim, I speak to myself first, we, we claim that we are sincere, but really, 
How sincere are we really? Hmm. How sincere are we? We say that my salah, in the salati, wa nusuki, wa mahyaya, wa mamat, everything I say, it is for Allah, it is for the pleasure of Allah. My salah, my zakat, my hajj, my fasting, everything is for the sake of Allah, for the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Am I really, am I really sincere in, mm. in what I claim? Mm. Or is it just basically a lip service or something to make me happy? Mm. Uh, you know, we, we can test our own, we can test ourselves. If I say my wealth is for Allah, mm. if somebody comes and needs some money for the masjid or for the madrasa, right. then I can see how truthful how I am truthful really. I am. In that claim mm. And especially if it's a substantial amount maybe yeah. And I do have the money However but now How true is my saying That it just, that it just We see it happening We see it happening in the communities if, You know Sincere Sincerity We, we, we claim so many things mm. uh, In the Prophet Sallallahu Has mentioned That time will come When my ummah Will love five things and in the process, they will forget five. They will love five things. Just this idea that I think it's very appropriate that I bring it up. A time will come, the Prophet says, when my ummah will love five things, and in the process, they will forget five. Hmm. Firstly, they will love this dunya, and they will forget the hereafter. We are so over engrossed in this world. Hmm. Indulge in this world Even My efforts My time Everything is for this dunya When I get up in the morning I already plan What I'm going to achieve And everything is for this dunya hmm. How much can I accumulate In this dunya In the short span of time That I'm going to spend In, in this dunya I forget this year A year after A year after Which is going to last Forever and ever right. I'm running about Behind this dunya Which is for a short while what about the hereafter? Hmm. I want to be in Jannah, Khalidina fiha abada, forever and ever. And then the Prophet says, My ummah will love creation and they will forget the Creator. Allah. They will love creation, they will love the offspring, they will love their children, they will love their wives. They, they're going to forget the Creator, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And we see this is happening. Hmm. I was just speaking about this last week in the, the, the Jumu'ah. You know, we love our children so much that the uh, Khalifa or the teacher cannot even say, reprimand the child in the madrasa. Right. Then, you know, we have a letter coming or a phone call or a parent comes and says, who gives you the right to even reprimand? Today we find a problem in our masajid. Before I can recall when we were still small, any person, an elderly person, person in the masjid, if we were out of line, they would immediately reprimand us. Right. Right. Play still, sit still. Hmm. You know, things like this. Today you do it, the father gets up and says, who are you to tell my child what to do? Hmm. Uh, so, you know, we, we love ourselves, we love our offspring to bits and pieces. The Prophet says, and very quickly, my ummah will love sin and they will forget to repent. And as we started off tonight, hmm. this is a time to repent. Hmm. Allah has availed us another year. Allah has availed us another year. Let us first repent hmm. for all the shortcomings that we have done in the year that has passed by. Let us Thank Allah, yes. We have to thank Him. Would you say that would be point of departure? Point of departure. First, yes, repent. first repent. Right. Repent. Right. Because once your slate is clean, it mm. becomes easier to build on it. Right. You understand? Right, right. And this is the lesson we learn from the Hajj. 
clean that slate. Right. And then Allah accepts and Allah makbuls and Allah grants and Allah bestows. You understand? So we, we, we need to, well, it has to become a habit. The Prophet ﷺ used yes, to make so much of tawbah and yet he was masoom. He mm. was sinless. Mm. Right? Thanking Allah. We have to thank him also. We are, after all, human. And al-insan murakkabun min al-khata'wal-nisyan. Man is a composition of, of mistakes. We, we, we are made up. Uh, it's just an inherent quality of man that we tend to err, we tend to make mistakes, we tend to sin. Uh, so, yes, we need to thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, firstly, if He has protected us from sin. And if we have sinned, we need to make a tawbah. Hmm. We need to make a tawbah, which is a tawbah, and again, a sincere tawbah. Coming back to that very same sincerity. And then the Prophet says, A time will come when my ummah will love wealth, but they are going to forget reckoning. Hmm. They're going to start counting their monies, their bank balances, right. but they're going to f- forget that their amal is also going to be counted in the hereafter. And what about that other balance? That balance is very important. Allah. We don't think about that balance. Okay. Mm-hmm. Isa a saying of Isa salam, so beautifully he says he says man is very content with a little deen with a little belief okay alhamdulillah I'm the greatest Sufi in my time in my era because I perform my five times salah he says man is very contented with a little deen but never contented with a little dunya Allah go out at Mirahi. I want mm. more, mm. more and more of this dunya, not more and more of my deen. Huh. And lastly, the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam says, Soon a time will come when my ummah will love their homes and they will forget the qabr. Allah. We are going to forget that we are going to be put in that small piece of ground. Mm. How comfortable is it going to be? And here again, we have the opportunity. In the same way that we light up our homes, we beautify our homes, our rooms. We beautify it. We get interior uh, interior decorators uh, to beautify our homes. We can beautify our qubur. We can add nur and light to that qabr. We can make that qabr a garden of the gardens of Jannah. It depends how we live. Depends on the sincerity we have in this dunya, the iman, the taqwa, the tawakul in Allah, how much we strive for the pleasure, for the love mm. of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, no. how much yaqeen we really have mm. Mm. in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Well, I can just ask you on that, that uh, would you say there's nothing wrong in wanting to beautify your place, but you must also remember the cover? Definitely, there's nothing wrong in that. Uh, we do not say that you shouldn't beautify your right. homes. Uh, in the same uh, breath, I can say, Islam does not say you should not uh, acquire wealth. Right. Islam actually wants you to become the richest person in a halal manner. Hmm. Become the richest person. Because if you have the wealth, you can give the wealth to those who do not have. To the poor. Right. So right. Islam encourages. Sayyidina Uthman, we see, very wealthy person. Uh, Sayyidina Ali radiallahu ta'ala anhu, not that wealthy, but every effort he made for the pleasure, for the uh, uh, pleasure of Allah and his Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. The Prophet alayhi salatu wa said about Sayyidina Ali and Amadu, and inshallah with us, uh, 
that Allah Akbar, the Prophet says, just by looking at Ali is an act of worship. Because Ali is not just a person. Hmm. Ali is someone who has the greatest amount of trust in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Ali is that person, the Prophet says, Ana darul babuha. Narrated in Mishkat Sharif that I am the house or the city of wisdom. And Ali is its door. Allah. In another narration, it is mentioned, "Ana Madinatul Ilm wa Aliyun Babuha." I am the city of knowledge, and Ali is its door. Allah Akbar. So to enter that city of no. knowledge, you have to come via Ali. Ali radiAllahu taala andu. Anta akhi fi dunya wal akhira. Allah Akbar. The Prophet says about Sayyidina Ali, that O oh, Ali, you are my brother in the dunya Allah. and in the akhira. Yet Sayyidina Ali never said. Ya Rasulullah, you are my brother. No. no. He said, you are my Nabi. Huh. Because Allah has put a prohibition. Allah says, don't address my Nabi the way you address one another. In other words, don't become too familiar. No, no. no. This is just the love that the Prophet showed to Sayyidina Ali. Hmm. But Sayyidina Ali realized that this is the muhabba of the Rasul. And my muhabba is, when I address my Nabi, I hmm. have to say, Ya Nabi Allah, Ya Habib Allah, Ya Rasulullah. So, Buddha Yusuf, Alhamdulillah, we can speak about these great illustrious sahaba but the greatest message that perhaps i can leave with you dear tonight inshallah is again what the prophet has mentioned about his sahaba akrimu ashabi akrimu ashabi the prophet emphasized it again and again that show ikram show respect to my sahaba for innahum khayarukum for verily they are better than you because of the quality of Iman, hmm. because of the quality of Taqwa, because of the love and obedience they had for Allah and His Rasul. We can make dua Allah avail us that type of love Ameen. and muhabba, inshallah. Ameen. That we can also become followers of those illustrious Sahaba inshallah. and also find ourselves on the path of Ehdina Sirat al Mustaqim. May Allah guide and protect us. May Allah shower us with His Rahmah. May Allah forgive us and may Allah grant that this new year be a blessed one Inshallah. for the entire Ameen. Muslim Ummah. Inshallah. Shukran. Well, I must say, Shukran, very much. It's really been an honor to have had you here for the past couple of months, I would say. And Inshallah, I'm looking forward to our next series in the, in the very near future, Inshallah. But as I said, I never chased you away just to clear that, but it was because of commitments that you do have but after that we will put our thoughts together and put up another series um, inshallah. Inshallah. Now, all I want to say is shukran very much may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala always guide and protect you protect you and your loved ones and inshallah Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala always bless you and grant you all the khair rizq Rahma, barakah, health and strength in your life, inshallah. Till we speak again, assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah wa barakatuh. Wa alaikum wa rahmatullahi ta'ala wa barakatuh.